Hey there, folks, and welcome to another episode of Eddie and His Amazing Friends. Well, just a solo episode today, as we are in our second week of the Lost Episodes. Uh, if you missed last week, I will give a quick recap. The Lost Episodes, basically what it is, is, um, you know, when we form formulated, formatted, I don't know, when we came up with this list... Uh, the only criteria at the time was had to be a superhero movie, had to be released in theaters in the U.S., although we've deviated a little bit on that. And then we added streaming as a, as a thing. But uh, a couple movies got added, a couple movies got taken off. But, uh, yeah, one of the movie, well, several of the movies that at the time kind of maybe fit the criteria... Or else I just didn't even know about them. Uh, just they never showed up in the search or whatever. But uh, I have since added them. And we will be doing that before diving into everybody's favorite year, 2020. And just a recap, last week was Condor Man. This week is The Giver. La next week is Star Kid. And then finally, Max Steel. This is just really the completest in me wants to do this. So that is why. But uh, The Giver, you may recall, we did The Giver 2, which was direct-to-video. And the reason at the time is because The Giver, the first movie, The Giver, was nowhere to be found. No video stores had it because they were still open back when we started this podcast. Um, it, wasn't, um, it wasn't on any streaming service. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't anywhere. In fact, um, I mean, it was, like, you could, you could buy it, uh, on Amazon, but I'm looking even right now, this movie is $50 for a DVD on Amazon. No. <laughs> and, it's a, no, we're not, we're not doing that. And I just decided, randomly, to just check to see if the library had it. Sure enough, they did. Uh, the rest of the movies, I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to jump in and see where to find those. They're not as common, nor did, it, nor did anyone ask for this. But uh, you're gonna get it anyway. You're gonna get it anyway. So uh, the only one that was originally on the list that we have since uh, gotten rid of was uh, Son of Mask. Not because it's terrible. I mean that's a plus, but really. It's just, um, I read the plot, and it's just not a superhero movie at all. It's really more Greek mythology. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. But, uh, yeah, that's the deal. That's uh, kind of, a, again, a quick recap of everything. So, Giver, we, uh, you know, we didn't get to do it when it came out. We did Giver 2 as a makeup, as a make good. Uh, but now that I have it, it is in the, uh, the, now the lost episodes that we will be dubbing it. So, again, just kind of a little detour until 2020. But, uh, yeah, uh, follow us on X at EC underscore hero, Instagram EC HeroCast, or myself on X at EddieC85. That's Eddie with a Y. Uh, just not going to ever get used to X, sorry. But, anyway, The Giver <laughs> um, came out in uh, March 18th, 1991. Um, 
the old time capsule. Let's see. Uh, number one song at the time was Someday by Mariah Carey. Our champions, which will actually segue perfectly into my what I was up to at the time. Our champions, WWF, Sergeant Slaughter. How about that? WCW, Ric Flair, of course, and IWGP, Tetsumi Fujinami. Uh, now, what I was up to at the time, March 18th, 1991, this was a time, around this time, when I had discovered pro wrestling. I don't remember what it was exactly, but um, I do remember my first memory, I should say, was seeing a recap of Royal Rumble 91 and seeing Macho Man sorry, at the time, Macho King, drill Ultimate Warrior with the scepter, cost him the title. I was all in. The rest is history. And during said match, Sergeant Slaughter won the WWF title. He would go on to lose it to Hulk Hogan. But, yeah, and and I, I, I watched it. I watched WrestleMania 7. I was hooked. And I went to the local video store and just rented everything I could. And I'm just, like, watching all the old stuff. Like, oh my gosh, Randy Savage and Hogan used to be a tag team called the Mega Powers? That's crazy. And then watching more of it, and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, Hogan and Ultimate Warrior had a WrestleMania main event? That's crazy. And, yeah, just getting caught up. You know, that's how you had to do it back in the day. Yeah, that's how you had to do it. So, just go grab tapes at the video store and just... Just watch, and there was no internet to look up what happened. It's just like I had to look at the covers and be like, "Oh my gosh, you know, Hogan and and Warrior. That's that's you know, that's so massive of a match." But anyway, that was a uh, what six, seven year old me. So I was six, and then turned seven around uh, April of ninety one. So, uh, but this movie is a budget of three million dollars. Uh, don't have a box office. I don't suspect it did super well, <laughs> but uh, maybe, maybe it recovered three million. Three million is not a lot. It probably helped that they put Mark Hamill's face on the cover, and I'm pretty sure when we did Giver two, I said Mark Hamill was the first Giver. He was not. I don't know why, if you have Mark Hamill, who's clearly the biggest star in this movie, you don't just make him your hero, but instead he's like the sidekick for uh, another actor, Jack Armstrong, who's so popular he doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. So, yeah, I, I don't... Um, I, I don't... Um, I don't get that one. That one's uh, strange to me. Um... The, let's see, critics and fans, roughly the same, close to a Scorigami. Critics 40%, fans 39%, almost. Uh, Giver 2, if you're wondering, I, um, I jumped back in, and we gave that, uh, where did it go? Uh, yes, here it is. So, we gave... Or rather, I gave The Giver 2 uh, a 7, and Caleb gave it a 6. So, a, a solid movie. A solid movie. It was uh, it was rated R, this Giver PG-13. And boy, did it need to be rated R. 
It was, uh, yeah. I mean, it's based on this, I, I don't know anything about the manga if it's based on, but, uh, I understand fans weren't crazy about it, and I, I understand why. But yeah, let's jump in, oh yeah, history with the movie. My gosh, uh, believe it or not, I rented this as a kid from Blockbuster, and I don't remember what I thought about it. I remember, I don't think I liked it, but I did like Guyver 2 as a kid, so... And I have not seen or thought about it since, until making this list. And then, like I said, the the movie when we came when it came time to review it, it was just it wasn't anywhere. And for some reason, Amazon sells it for fifty dollars. I guess it's like a collector's item now. I would assume, but if if believe me, this movie is not worth fifty dollars. It's not worth five. I mean, if you're a big collector, I guess you could be, but yeah, not uh, not great. Um, the cast, of course, I mentioned Mark Hamill, who is not the star of the movie, which is bizarre. But yeah, he plays CIA agent Max Reed, and um, look, it's hard to say anybody's good in this. It's so. It's like a PG-13 Power Rangers episode. So, it's just... I mean, a lot of people are really over-the-top and wacky. Which, I guess, that's the... That's what they should be? I don't know. But, yeah, Mark Hamill, no exception. But, hey, things are looking up for Mark. He's gonna get a, a great gig doing the voice of the Joker on the Bat Batman animated series in a year or two after this movie comes out. They're going to reboot the, you know, the Star Wars movies in the 2010s or whatever. And when did that come out? 2015, 14, 16, somewhere in there. He's going to get a one, you know, he's going to get some, some final big paychecks. So Mark will be okay. He's okay. But this, uh, this is, this might be rock bottom for old, for old Mark. Um, how, <laughs> this one's, uh, how about, Jimmy Walker as MC Stryker. Of course, if you're if you're not familiar with Jimmy Walker, I guarantee you you know his catchphrase from the TV show Good Times, where he he uh, he played J.J. Evans, who would notoriously say dynamite. He played a henchman in this movie, and that's what he was up to. <laughs> he was the dynamite guy from Good Times. Uh, then we had uh, Michael Berryman as Lisker. He's a uh, he's kind of a famous actor. If you're into the horror genre, he kind of has a. I mean, he's he's got the um, oh, what's the uh, he's got the he's got a I, I can't remember the name of it. But he has like a disease where you were born and you he doesn't have any hair, which that's not super unheard of. But apparently he also doesn't have sweat glands, hair, or fingernails, which is weird. Um, the fingernail part would be strange. Sweat glands would be kind of different. You would, you know, you'd never sweat. But wouldn't the heat have to go somewhere? I don't know. I don't know how that works. Um... 
but yeah, you might recognize him if you if you saw his photo. But he's done a lot of sci-fi and horror movie stuff. Um, you know, he's been uh, let's see, I'm trying to see if anything. Devil's Rejects. He was in that as a uh, Cleavon, I guess. Uh, but yeah, he's he's done a bunch. Of, he's done a bunch of Star Trek, uh, Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, so he's uh. He's been around. He's like a character actor. You know, if you need like a big thug-looking guy, just call on Michael Berryman, I guess. Uh, Vivian Wu as Mizuki. Uh, just, I mean, forgettable. I don't know what else to say. Um, I mean, we're still... We're, we, we jump back into the early 90s, so we're we're kind of in the, uh, the Jenny Blake standard era again. I guess she would be, let's see, I'd, I'd put her around like a six and a half, seven. So she did She did contribute a little bit, but as far as the character goes, very forgettable. Um, I mean, it's like her dad dies and there's just, there's like no emotional reaction to that. I mean, she's like, she grieves for a day and then she's like, I'm fine. <laughs> so, um... Gosh, who was the, uh... Let's see, I know I'm forgetting someone. Um... Oh. The, um... Of course, Jack Armstrong is the Giver. Again, I don't know why when you have Mark Hamill, you don't cast him as the star. Plus, Jack Armstrong... It's not like he looks like a big-time action star. He's just like a normal-looking dude. And... He has no charisma. He's very wooden. He he didn't even play Guyver in the second movie. I, you know, at least Mark Hamill has a name and a recognizable face. And it's like, you know what you're getting with him. This Jack Armstrong guy, like I said, just a... Uh, yeah, not, uh, not much there. Um, I, I don't... I, I don't quite understand the the idea of why they cast him. Unless, I don't know. I, I really don't understand that one. That one is uh, strange, to say the least. Um, I'm trying... Okay, I think that's... Uh, I think that's just about everybody. Um, um, no. Oh, I do have one more. Sorry. Uh, David Gale as Fulton. I knew I was forgetting someone. Uh, I mean, talk about over the top. This dude, way, way over the top. Um, and if, again, horror movie fans will recognize this guy. Uh, I want to say, yeah, he was in, I, I don't remember if this was the movie he did this in, but he was in Reanimator. I think... This was the movie, like, there's, like, a head. There's, like, a woman tied to a table, and there's, like, a head. And, like, the head is still alive, and the head is trying to, like, eat the woman, you know? And, like, that's David Gale, his head. was That that was him. So, if you've seen, you know, Reanimator, this is, you know, that was him. Uh, yeah, bizarre. But, uh, let us get into this. Um... We got some text, and, you know, 
look, Star Wars movies, since we got Mark Hamill on, you know, uh, Star Wars movies have a lot of text before them. I think even George Lucas would be like, my God, there's so much text in front of this movie. (laughs) So here, I'm just going to read it. At the beginning of time, aliens came to Earth, which is kind of crazy, given that uh, we just learned that uh, apparently that's happened in real life. So, cool. Uh, So aliens came to Earth to create the ultimate organic weapon. They created mankind. Ooh. It's a big plot twist. You know, get it? Mankind is the ultimate weapon, I guess. I don't know. Uh, By planting a special gene into man, they created the Zoonoids. Humans who can change at will into super monster soldiers. Okay, so... This this confuses me because it's like, was man the ultimate weapon or were zoonoids the ultimate weapon? If zoonoids were the ultimate weapon, why didn't they just only make zoonoids? Why'd they make humans? I don't know. Eons later, the zoonoid leader, called Zoalord, has awakened and formed the Kronos Corporation to further develop the zoonoid technology for world domination. Among the alien remains was found the unit bio-boosted alien armor worn by the aliens it serves as an ordinary shield uh, the wearer is a human it in, it, oh, sorry if the wearer is a human it increases his natural powers by a hundredfold he becomes the giver uh, but how to activate it remains a mystery Dr. Tetsuya Sagawa, a research scientist... I'm still reading the opening text. Dr. Tetsuya Sagawa, a research scientist at Kronos, senses danger if this unit is activated by a zoonoid. Now, the doctor has stolen it and is on the run. You get all that? (laughs) So, this... um, These zoonoids... Um... It, they, they very much... It's very Power Ranger-esque. Like, evil corporation, which I know wasn't Power Rangers, that was VR Troopers. But it was like, there's an evil corporation. It's run by an evil guy. He has this army full of uh, monsters. I guess it's more VR Troopers than Power Rangers, but people understand Power Ranger references. So then we open with Dr. Sagawa on the run with the briefcase from some thugs. Uh, he makes a switch, actually. They catch him. We meet Lisker. Mentioned him earlier. That's Michael Berryman. Um, the doctor turns into, like, this fish monster. And then Lisker turns into, I don't know, just some monster monster, I guess. He kills Sagawa, gets the briefcase. They celebrate like idiots. It's really weird. They don't ever bother to look in the briefcase. And then we cut to a martial arts class, which was attended by Sean Barker, who doesn't pay attention. He has a temper, um, which you would think would come into play later on. It doesn't. Uh, but then in comes Agent Max Reed, who finds the daughter of Dr. Sagawa, Mizuki. He tells her that uh, he was supposed to meet with her dad, and he didn't show up, and he was killed. And she's sad for about five minutes. Cut to the Kronos headquarters, where we meet President Fulton uh, Balkus. Just, just Fulton, Fulton. And they see the briefcase was switched. It's now a toaster's inside, and he's very upset about that. 
And he goes way over the top. He's like, is this some kind of practical joke? <laughs> it's very weird. And uh, he has... <laughs> He goes up to Lisker, and he's like, I will pluck every hair from your head. It's like, dude, he doesn't have any. Like, didn't didn't you hear my intro? Uh, then he has, like, a psychic power where, it's like, his head opens up, and he just makes Lisker beat himself up. It's very corny. It's like... It's like, like you couldn't come up with something like... Um, I don't know. It's like... Okay, he's psychic. Why not just like pretend like his psychic power gives Lisker like a, a massive migraine or something? Instead, Lisker's like punching himself, and it just looks stupid. So that's what he did. Uh, then we cut to the crime scene, and Sean is watching from a distance, but he's watching where Sagawa stashed the real briefcase, and then like he his foot kicks it, and he's like, "Oh, what's this?" And he opens it, and there's the unit where uh, Sagawa had stashed it. And meanwhile, Reed takes Mizuki to her apartment and tells her he was scoping out Kronos, and her dad found something called the Giver, the most dangerous piece of technology since the atom bomb. Shout out Oppenheimer. Uh, anyway, uh, Sean is off riding his scooter, which it's like, could you make this hero more of a dork? I mean, no offense to people that ride scooters, but it's like... You're the hero of this movie, and you're riding a scooter, and then it breaks down. <laughs> uh, like, give him a motorcycle, something. Uh, then he gets harassed by, like, the least intimidating street gang ever. Uh, one of the members is uh, in his karate class, and they're just... Uh, it's super corny. And they beat him up, and during the fight, like, his, the Giver unit, it uh, spills out onto the onto the concrete, and his, they, they punch him, and then, like, he falls back, and his head falls into the Giver unit, which apparently is how you activate it. Uh, the top scientist in the world couldn't just be like, oh, you just put your forehead in it. That's what he did, and they reveal the Giver suit, and I remember, I, for a while, I did the uh, the Giver reveal. That was my, my standard, the Giver reveal standard. And Giver 2 had a very cool reveal. This one was uh, just kind of whatever. But, yeah, he beats him up, nearly kills a guy. Which I actually thought, because like, he, he, he has these uh, blades that protrude from like his elbows. And he's about to stab this dude, and then he stops himself. And I was like, oh, okay, this could be a cool thing where like the suit takes over and the suit wants to kill you. It's never brought up again. <laughs> I was like, oh... You know, it could be like, oh, Sean doesn't want to kill people, but Guyver suit wants him to. And it's never brought up. Um, but, uh, yeah, he looks in like a mirror or a reflection of something, and then he, he's so shocked of what he's become. And then the suit just comes off and, like, hides in the back of his neck. It's very weird. And the next day, Reed is convinced Kronos is part of the murder of Sagawa. But his boss, who is definitely not a Zoonoid, this is like the exact opposite of Rhodey being a scroll, where it's like, ooh, is Rhodey a scroll, isn't he? It's like the first time you see Reed's boss, you're like, oh yeah, he's a Zoonoid. Easy. So, um, these really are kind of scrolls in a way. But, uh, yeah, Reed's boss, definitely not a Zoonoid. And he, he's like, no, no, you can't investigate. Kronos, they're a legit company. Don't do this. Of course. 
So Sean stops by Mizuki's apartment. I guess they're dating. And she tells him her dad was killed. So they're about to kiss when some woman shows up with a bunch of papers. Meanwhile, Lisker and his henchmen are looking for the Giver. Uh, the woman with the papers... Or, sorry. Um, uh, Sean and Mizuki, they go out to get dinner or something. And, like, Mark Hamill's down there waiting on him for some reason. And they're like, oh, we gotta go. And then Lisker and his men go up to the apartment. They kill the woman with the papers. <laughs> and they go, like, they see this and they're like, oh, that random lady's dead. So, um, the three of them are kind of on the run. As uh, Lisker turns into a monster, all his henchmen turn into a monster. And they're chasing him. We get some wacky scene where one of the monsters, uh, that would be uh, uh, Jimmy Walker, he he scares this woman, and the uh, the woman just won't stop screaming. It's like they ended up on a movie set. And it's like that's what it was, and it's like what, why? It's a it's a it's a it's a comedy scene that's not funny and it's just annoying. Also, um, I guess the lady screaming was some kind of horror movie, you know, fan, uh, not icon, but uh, horror, staple of horror movies in that era. The Scream Queen, I think, is uh, what people call her. Anyway, um, I, I, oh, <laughs> Jimmy Walker's monster, I gotta mention this, um, did not age well. Whatsoever, uh, he raps poorly, and his when he's in monster form, he still wears gold chains, and the monsters all look differently. Jimmy Walker's monster has very noticeably giant lips. It's didn't age well. Did not age well. You 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 could not make this movie today. Let's just say that. I mean, you could, but you just have to. A, make it better, and B, not have the black guy turn into uh, early 90s caricature of black guys. That would just be my idea. Uh, but you could you could do this today. Guyver as source material seems pretty cool. This movie seems very far from it. And uh, I know, I, I say that based on someone who has never read a Guyver novel. But uh, if it's very popular... This is probably not what it's based on. Um, yeah, so that was a really bad scene. Anyway, Zoonoids find the three of them. Sean turns into the Giver, takes out the monsters. Uh, even Reed's partner shows up. They're, of course, Zoonoids, so the suspense is over there. Or his boss, whatever. And he fights uh, Lisker. Lisker discovers that the orb in his forehead is actually a weak spot. Giver kills the female Zoonoid, which I guess was Lisker's girlfriend, and he, in doing so, accidentally kills Mizuki, or he thinks he does, but he actually didn't. So it's like, what was the point of that? And she just gets up right away. <laughs> it's like, okay. Uh, anyway, uh, Lisker uh, just kind of like headbutts uh, Giver and then pulls out the uh, orb from his head. And Guyver just turns into goo. So, nothing like the hero of the movie losing the first big fight. And he, uh, yeah, Guyver's dead. 
RIP to a, to a real one. So the Zoonoids, they take Reed and Mizuki to Kronos. Reed is being experimented on. And Fulton shows Mizuki around the lab. And says... Boy, this was a line. He's he's like... he Basically, his plan is he wants to populate the world with Zoonoids. And as he's showing around the lab, he's just like, you know, imagine one of these creatures in the White House. It's like, yeah, imagine. <laughs> Could you possibly imagine that? That's, uh, that's crazy. Imagine just a weird monster running the country or running Facebook or Twitter, or, sorry, X or whatever the hell. Uh, I can never imagine a weirdo being in charge of something like that. So Mizuki grabs the Giver orb. Uh, this was so goofy. She grab. She's like. She grabs the Giver orb that they're like experimenting on, and just throws it at a Zoonoid who accidentally swallows it. And then Giver's blade comes out of his stomach. They play like the a version of the Jaws theme, and he cuts himself loose. So he's not dead. Like. Giver, what did he say? Like, it cloned himself, I guess, because the orb still existed. So, Giver still existed. I guess that makes sense. Kind of like uh, Cell from uh, Dragon Ball Z. You had to destroy every last Cell particle of him, or else he'll just come back. Or uh, T1000, another example. So, Giver kills all the Zoonoids, even Lisker, by cutting his head in half. We had Reed and Mizuki running around the lab, but it was really, it was like a Scooby-Doo episode where they run and they're like the, the camera's focused on one spot and it doesn't move. You see them run across the screen. Then they're like, nope, nope, nope. And then they run away and then like a monster chases them. And it's like, ugh, this is a Scooby-Doo episode. Like, and like they kill one of the monsters by just hitting it over the head with like a lamp or, or a, no, it wasn't a lamp. It was a uh, microscope. It's like, jeez, what is this? <laughs> this is so goofy. Uh, by the way, I mentioned Reed was being experimented on. Turns out he turns into a zoonoid himself. Um, he's like a giant cockroach bug, and then he dies because I guess the experiment, they pulled the experiment too soon because that was one of Mizuki's demands. Like, you got to release Reed and... I'm like, well, okay, we'll release him, but it's not done. So, Mark Hamill died. R.I.P. to a real one. Uh, God, can you imagine? Not only do you, not only do you have Mark Hamill in a, I can't even call this a B movie, like a C movie. He's not even the star, and you kill him. <laughs> Insane. So, Fulton, remember him? Yeah, he shows up. He turns into Zoa Lord. He's basically a big alien-looking dinosaur. They have a fight. It's okay. Giver wins when he releases this big energy blast from his chest. So Sean and Mizuki leave. We get a pre-post-credit scene where uh, the guy who was uh, Reed's boss that was like clearly a Zoonoid, uh, he's still alive, and then... Um, Jimmy Walker is also still alive and he's in his monster form and Reed's boss tells Jimmy Walker he's like hey I got a job for you and then the Zoonoid 
Jimmy Walker says, not even in the way that he said it in good times, but he's just like, oh, dynamite. Like, that's not how your character said it. You have one line that everybody knows you for, and you couldn't even say it that way? Uh, there was a funny line in the credits. It says no Zoonoids were harmed in the making of this movie. I laughed at that. But, uh, yeah, that was that was the Giver. Yeah. Uh, look, it's a quick watch, 88 minutes. So, it's, it's not... Uh, it's not terribly time-consuming. It certainly is not worth $50. I don't know why. Like, I get it if it's rare. You know? Then it's like, oh, it's rare. Uh, I have to watch it. I mean, you really don't. But I, I, I get it, you know, if you're like a, a collector of rare movies. But $50. It's like, there's a difference between rare and wanted. And, like, rare and, like, why does anybody want this? But... Yeah, that's the deal. Um, I'll give it a positive in that the costumes actually do look pretty good. Like, there's movies that have come out in the last ten years or so. Like, for instance, Green Lantern, where the CGI costumes look like trash. This actually looks pretty good. Even for the time. Like, they look pretty good. I, I think if you... Like, a lot of them, if you ever watch the show, um, oh gosh, uh, Face Off on Sci-Fi Network, I, which I loved that show. A lot of the, the, the monsters look like they could have been on that show, and it's like really good prosthetics, I thought. Some of them not as great, and again, Jimmy Walker's character, a little, a little problematic there, but... Uh, overall, the characters look good. Guyver looked pretty good. I mean, if this came out today, he would look like CGI. So it's like, I kind of prefer the, the the prosthetics personally. Uh, but the negatives, I mean, it's just it's corny, it's cheesy. I mean, if you like that B movie stuff, maybe you'll like this. But it's not even like a horror movie. So I don't know. I guess if you're like a B movie sci-fi fan, you might like it. But it's very goofy. It is, like I said, it is only 88 minutes, so that's a plus, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's getting a three and a half from me, um, yeah, and that's, that's, that's all I, that's all I gotta say, three and a half, uh, next week, we have Star Kid, yeah, get excited, yay, Star Kid, uh, Look, I didn't say the last episodes would be good. I just said they'd be lost. <laughs> but uh, you can watch it for free on YouTube, free on Tubi, or free on Prime. So, plenty of options. Plenty of options. Let me double-check something. I certainly hope Star Kid is less than an hour and a half, too. Oh, it's 101 minutes. Son of a bitch. All right. Well, hey, I signed up for it. I, I deserve it. But... Yeah, there we go. Lost episodes continue. Um, but hey, at least when this is all said and done, you know, I can I can say, yep, didn't miss a single one. Right? I think. Anyway, let me get out of here on this quote. This is actually a pretty cool quote from Guyver. I'll give I'll give credit. Guyver says one cool thing in the movie, and this was it. <clears throat> You can't kill me. I've been rejected by death.
I came to dance, 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 dance. I hit the floor, cause that's my plans, 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 plans. I'm wearing all my favorite brands, 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 brands. Give me some space for both my hands, 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 hands. Yeah, yeah, cause it goes on and on and on. And it goes on and on and on. Yeah. I throw my hands up in the air sometimes, saying, hey, oh. Came to move, 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 move. Get out the way of me and my crew, 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 crew. I'm in the club, so I'm gonna do, 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 do. Just what the folk came here to do, 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 do. Yep, yep, cause it goes on and on and on. And it goes on and on and on. Yeah, I throw my hands up in the air sometimes, saying, hey, oh. Oh my